I actually moved back down here to New Zealand to transition. You know, am I bi enough? Am I gender fluid enough? We are here for parents and other family members who might need that support. Intersex Aotearoa is really campaigning to get those surgeries stopped. I'm a trans male and I'm gay. She was scared about how others would see her by having a gay son in a Catholic church. Let people flow in their own time and let them come into their life when they do. So obviously I'm here live at the Big Gay Out and what a pleasure to have to be joined on the couch by the amazing Grant Robertson. Grant, lovely to see you as Kilda always. Karen, Kilda. How are you going today? I'm really good, yeah. Um, yep. Great to have Big Gay Out back, that's the first thing, now a few years away. Came up from Wellington this morning just to make sure I was here and supporting Chris Hipkins on yep. his first Big Gay Out. Is so it his first one? It is, yeah, so he's loved it. Well, I'm sure it'll inspire many other people. And what I'm, I'm presuming this isn't your first Big Gay Act. I was trying to count up, actually. So I used to be on the, the board of the AIDS Foundation a long time ago. I reckon I'm probably up to about tw- number 20 now. Or no, how many have been? 16, You're 17. not old enough for that, Grant, I surely. I, I don't think I was at the first, but after that I've been here. Pretty so, solid. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's good. And what, why do you think something like the Big Gay Act's important? I'm presuming you think it's important. <laughs> I'm just I'm presuming. Big assumption there, Karen. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yes, I do think it's important. Um, Fuel, uh, that's good. <laughs> I, you know, it's important because just now I was stopped by a group of young uh, women from Henderson High School. This is their first event that they've ever been to that celebrates them and the rainbow community. And they were so excited, so fizzing, that they could come to an event like this and feel completely at home. And you know, like, that's what matters. Yeah, absolutely. Because every year there's somebody who has that experience at Begaya. Yeah, I think you're right. Do you have like an official role here or just here as a really cool gay person? Yeah, obviously. That's first and foremost. That's an aspiration more than, more than, more than a role. But um, here with Chris particularly. So I took a lot of photographs. Didn't have to carry a handbag this year. I have carried, literally been the handbag carrier at this for... What, Chris normally carries a handbag, yeah, no, yeah, does he? Oh, right, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. that other I, Prime I Minister. I imagine why you'd be confused. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously, we're here a little bit to, to promote the amazing podcast that I think you might have heard of. Well, I hope you have heard of it because you're on it as a guest. Vaguely <laughs> yeah, heard about yeah, it. Yeah, yes. full disclosure. I mean, it's it's been going great. Have you received any any feedback at all from the amazing chat we had together? I actually have, and um, I got a message from somebody who I haven't seen for a really long time, and they said to me that they the thing they loved about it was that they learned more about me in that than they had in the friendship that we'd had up to that point. So. You're obviously oh. very good at getting information out of people, Karen. Uh, well, I think I just really want to know about people because <laughs> I care. And um, thank you so much for joining me on That's the couch. Great. And thank yeah. you again so Everybody much for chatting. Everybody listen to the Full Disclosure podcast. Thank you so much, Grant. Cheers. Have such no a lovely worries. rest of your day. You too. Absolutely honoured to have the amazing Cassie Roma with me. Around the world, 71 countries still consider homosexuality to be a crime. Half of these countries are Commonwealth countries which still class being transgender as a mental disorder. What do we think about that? This is wild. I lose my words when I think about this kind of stuff because I think a lot of the time we can be in places like right now, we're at the big gay out, everybody's feeling pretty comfortable, everybody's feeling safe. I know we can walk down the street, you and I as buddies, I can walk with my wife, you can walk with your partner, and we're not gonna be sentenced to death. Two and a half weeks ago, I was in Tennessee. I was at a rally for trans and drag rights because they're is a bill that's just passed there to make drag shows illegal. From July 1st, it is a felony in the state of Tennessee. Yes, so I was marching there in my own home country with my best friend who's a Kiwi, and I was 
reminded about how beautiful New Zealand is because everybody around us had guns. Like everybody was packing heat. It felt dangerous, but it felt yeah. important. And I feel like sometimes we forget about how important it is that the things that we share here and our rights are, they should be sacred everywhere. I feel like this is the weirdest thing, but I've come into this year 2023 and my kind of saying, my motto is everything's made up. And I look at the way that the world works and I look at the rules and the way that we're supposed to walk through the world, the way we're supposed to dress and present and all of this stuff. And I would just ask everybody to question why, why they think a certain thing, what it, what's going on. And then let's just break it and start over from experience because the system is working as it should when it comes to oppression. Yes, absolutely. The system is working like clockwork. So that system needs to go bye-bye and we need to start again. And how are we going to do that again? Like, I don't know. I, I really think, hear what you're saying. I feel like we need to get mad and we need to... But in a positive way. Always in a positive way. I think the steps are as we've been doing, speaking out like this. Um, you and I talk a lot about rights publicly. I was harassed in my own hometown here in Auckland uh, for being uh, queer. I was called some pretty mean things by young men and I really felt for the young men because they've been taught this. It's a lot about unlearning, it's about education, it's about representation and being seen. Absolutely, and I guess that's why I think it's been really valuable, even with this podcast to a certain extent, having people sharing their stories, all of which are different, all of which have contained challenges in, in different areas or for different reasons, and for people to be able to hear that and think, oh, I'm gonna be okay. Yeah. I think it's a really valuable thing. I think it's a really valuable thing too. The rest of my friends back home were kind of like, we love the openness of how in New Zealand you are able to share these things because it's not that kind in the States right now. But to your point as well, it's like, what's the next step? What can we do for our siblings, our brothers, our sisters, everybody who live in these Commonwealth countries? Half of Commonwealth countries still find it's illegal to be queer. How do we agitate our leaders here? Thank you for being the vehicle through which we are able to tell these stories. Cassie, thank you so much for your time, your openness, for your thoughts. You're very good, strong, wise opinions, I think. Thank They're going to help the world. Together we can do this. Like, we actually can, and we have to act. We're here, um, obviously, in the Spark Health tent at the Big Gay Out, and I've been very luckily joined by... Tony, lovely to meet Hi, you. Lovely to meet you too. Thank you for coming onto the couch. You're welcome. We've talked to a variety of New Zealanders about their stories of coming out and being gay or bisexual in Aotearoa. So I just thought, if you don't mind, would you want to share a bit of your coming out story or your journey? Yeah, I could, yeah. Okay, how did it go? What, what happened? So I went to a very small school in South Auckland, Rosewood mm -hmm. College. There was always a few of us around. You could tell you were never out, but you know, you walk past school lunch, you're like, oh. Are you, are the you same as me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I actually came out by approaching one of the people that I thought was like-minded. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A gay man. So how old were um, you then? Fifteen yep. or sixteen. It was year eleven, whatever yep. that is. Yeah, fifteen or sixteen. And funnily enough, he said the same thing. He was like, "I've seen you around. I thought you know yeah. you might also be <laughs> a little bit gay." Turns out we're both a lot bit gay now. Yes, um, yes. Like fully, you've yeah. transitioned to fully gay. Yeah, fully yep. gay. And we've been married ever since. Oh. No, we haven't. No. I was going to say, that was no, like... I have no idea where this person is right <laughs> Okay, now, so. right, yeah. <laughs> But they were a nice person. Yeah, yeah, yeah really right. nice person. Hamish, if you're still out there. Yeah, we love you, Hamish. Yep. Um, thanks for, you know, thanks for helping Tony. Yeah. And obviously I think you helped Hamish too. Well, yeah, I'd like to think so. I think so. So what about 
the people around you, like your friends and your family? How did it go down with those guys? So my friends were a lot easier to convince, and I kind of did the, oh, it's embarrassing. But, you know, you kind of do the... There's nothing embarrassing about having to come out, and it's a challenging time. You know what? You're right. Thank you. Yeah, it yeah. is not embarrassing. So I was a little, like, too Hamish. I was like, are you gay? I'm gay. But to my friends, I was like, well, guys, I think I might be bi, you know? A very common theme that's yeah. in, in some of the podcasts, actually, with people. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's not really fair to bisexual people. Because no. Because it kind of it devalues the fact that their identity is actually completely valid in who they are. Exactly. Because right. we just used it as a, a crutch at 15, 16. Do we know what else is going on? It's a Just needed something else like the most comfortable way, right? And, of course, a year later fully came out and my friends were just like yeah we knew people often knew didn't they yeah, yeah. a lot of people tell you that and i don't even know how to take it like am i just did you think i was delusional like my mum and dad when i came out were like we know yeah and it's like i guess maybe if you're looking at stereotypes which can be very damaging mm -hmm. at times i'm more of your stereotypical butch lesbian so maybe it is more obvious but that again is unfair to people that exactly. don't meet those stereotypes yeah. so how are we going to fix all this tony what are we going to do about it i don't know um i think we've got to find someone else out there <laughs> well, yes we've got to yeah it's all about being out coming out being out find some, finding someone out there and what about you did say that it was a bit harder maybe oh, with your yes. parents a bit harder the parents grew up very catholic went to catholic school all that no it's good now but it just took a lot of convincing that would have been 14 years ago now and now my mum still <laughs> she still goes yeah i knew it i just didn't want to accept it at the time what do you think their worries were so she told me that she was scared about how others would see her oh. and the family by having a gay son in a catholic church and would you change anything about the way you came out? Would you give your, your younger self any advice? No. Short answer, no. No regrets. I love it. Because I only knew what I knew at the time. Absolutely. And that's made me who I am today. That's right. So it's all about growth. I wouldn't want to change anything, even if, you know, it was quite rocky. But whose life isn't? That's a really good point. I think sometimes having to deal with that adversity means that you can in the future be more empathetic to others. Yeah. Well. Thanks, Tony. Thank you so Enjoy much. Enjoy the rest of your big gay out. I will. Kia ora, John. Kia ora. How are you today? I am great. Great. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, what would you give yourself at the moment? I, you know, we just been arriving. I'm here with my little brother and sister, so it feels Beautiful. really, really great. So I'd say a pretty strong seven. Strong seven and just give time to you know. Yeah, so it could it could get better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to. For I sure. think it is. I too. think after this, it's going to be at least an eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, I hope it doesn't go down. Yeah, That'd yeah. be embarrassing, eh? So, John, um, I don't know if you know why we've asked you to come onto the couch. Do you know why? Um, I just was asked to maybe share some experiences. How would you identify in terms of your sexuality? Yeah, um, I would uh, strongly identify as queer, takatapu uh, and gay. Yeah. I think I always knew growing yeah. up. I think a lot of us just fight to be the exception. You're like, I'm going to get that wife yep. and prove everyone wrong and gonna it's going to be fine. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And then so it's going to be like everyone yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Well, just proving the yep. blur, like, oh, he might be bisexual. Just constantly just keeping everyone enough of the blur, you know, to try and fight for that middle safe spot somewhat. So then when did you make the decision to be fully true to yourself hmm. and let other people know about that? Um, I always find that question interesting because I always felt true to myself it's just living more authentic or more in your light and you know it's, it's just sometimes a language thing but I remember coming out to my best friend and then she just pretty much said to me oh you're ready to have fun now oh boy. <laughs> 
And I went, well, okay, girl, you might fun, be what right. What kind of fun was she talking about? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. She goes, oh. It's a bit early in the day for that You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Charlie is appropriate, family-friendly. We, know, we all know what you meant, John. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How old were you then? I was 25, so I felt like personally a late bloomer, but I, I felt like... Oh, you're very blossomed now. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like a bouquet. <laughs> yeah. What about your family? Always been loving, always been supportive. My family were like, oh... It was all the, like, reflective talk. Like, did we do anything that stopped you, you know, from thing? And I was like, no. It was just me and societal pressure, all the, you know, all the things. Oh, do you mean, oh, sorry, do you mean that they were, they said, did we do anything to yeah. stop you? My family yeah, have right. been okay, amazing, yeah. incredible. Yeah. I've had plenty of examples, influences in my life of plenty of rainbow gay role models growing up at the marae, gender bending everywhere. So it helped me... Because I knew how you could be, I still lived a certain way where, you know, I think there was like a, a kind of rainbow light around me. It was just I still was fighting for that normalization in, in this normal path where I knew different alternative yeah. paths of being and honorable ways. It was just like, oh, I do not want to be like that until I decided I wanted to. So like you're kind of like just one of those boring fluorescent lights and then you yeah. found your rainbow light. Yeah. Do you mind me asking how old you are, John? I'm 32. Have you got any advice for anyone out there that might listen to the podcast or who might be the big guy out today? One of the things I think that stored me almost from coming out mm. is that people were often, with good intention, pushing me. So I pushed back. There's a way we can all embrace everyone with love and encourage and inspire and absolutely but but without you sometimes push people in a corner they feel like they've been categorized and i think this young generation obviously are fighting back against every category so it's great there's a but lot more fluidity in a, yeah, lot, of, yeah. in a lot of areas of, and i think there's, life, there's which is a positive great thing. wisdom and just you know always offer space where people know they can come to you and Talk. I never felt like I didn't have all those spaces. Always felt those spaces, but would often feel like I was being pushed in a certain direction and I fought against it. And so that would just be my advice from my personal experience. Yeah. Just let people flow in their own time and let them come into their life when they do. I love that advice. Thank you, John. Have a lovely rest of your day. Namihiaroha. <laughs> Kia ora, I'm Adam Blair. I played the great game of rugby league for the Storm, Tigers, Broncos and the Mighty Warriors. And I'm Goran Paladin, sports presenter and rugby league fanatic. I won a World Cup too. I played 51 tests for New Zealand. Yeah, he's a national treasure, people. Come on. Blairy and I, we're joining forces for a brand new rugby league podcast called League of Our Own. Each week we talk Kiwis across the NRL and of course everything was. All the big names, the big stories. And some of my own stories too. Well, if we can make them fit. We'll make time. Okay. League of Our Own with Blairy and Goran. Debut ep dropping on Wednesday afternoon and every Wednesday after that. You can listen through stuff.co.nz or wherever you get your podcast. Proudly brought to you by Snap Rentals. Mate, your, your stories are way too long, eh? Nah, we've got to take them on a journey. <laughs> oh, the journey. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Hi. Hi. You know, I'm uh, Sarah Blackshield, sword fighter and uh, blacksmith. Would you mind telling me a bit about your story? Yeah, Who you are, how yeah. you identify? Today I identify 
as a trans hammer dyke. Trans um, hammer dyke. What's the hammer dyke bit? Well, it's the dyke. Yes, I know a, that. I know that bit. And the hammer is because I swing hammers for a living. Because oh, right. I make things out of metal, blacksmith. Yeah, so yeah, yeah so yeah, you yeah. just added that hammer, but it's not like a, a regularly no, used no, term. No, no, it's because I got the. I know. The I saw big those cool big, big. Um, things. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, Seraph <laughs> is a trans hammer dyke. Yep. Sitting here with me, Karen, who is a short. Uh, what? How do I describe? I need to think of a really cool way to describe myself um, as well. Um. You got any ideas? Lesbian inspiration. Yeah, I'm a lesbian inspiration. That, that's that's, that's that very is, kind. That is, very I, would, I would say that is how I would perceive you. Do you mind me asking when you transitioned? Yeah, so I actually moved back down here to New Zealand to transition. Why is that? Uh, well, I'm not sure if you heard in the news recently, but the United States is, well, I'm not sure a polite term for the air. I don't think there is any <laughs> polite terms. I was, I'm lucky enough that one of my dads is uh, like a homegrown Avondale boy. My other dad, who's just started his transition uh, to being a man uh, a couple yes. years ago, is from uh, the States. So I was lucky enough that I got a citizenship I could just pop on back down here, start my transition easy peasy. Some people would say it's not easy peasy, but do you feel like it is easy peasy? I didn't have to spend $500 on uh, getting my hormones. That's a bargain. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You're saving yep. money and, oh, yeah. and changing yourself. Yep, yep. For the better. Absolutely. So you mentioned that you've got two dads. Yep. Have you got any other parents? No, no, just those two. Okay. And yeah. where do they live? My sis dad from Avondale. I don't actually, we're not in touch anymore. We've had some uh, ups and downs as things have gone. But my trans dad is still back in the States living with my brother and his six, seven kids, I think. Something like that. You can't remember how many <laughs> nieces and nephews you've got? <laughs> yeah. No, fair enough. That's a lot. I wouldn't be able yeah, to remember big, that many. Big family, yeah. big family. When did you come out as trans? Uh, a couple times, actually. The first yeah. time I was, how old would I have been? I would have been 14 or 15. That would have been, yeah, like 2014 or so. Mm -hmm. uh, times were different, and that didn't go so well. And I sort of just went, okay, this isn't something I can be out about. Right. And then... How did that make you feel? It sucked. Like, I'd gotten in touch with some folks at Rainbow Youth, and... Like I had, I had started realizing that there was language to describe these feelings that, you know, like going through puberty is already weird enough, but Absolutely. when it's the wrong puberty, it's yes. it's even weirder, it's even harder. And going through that and not knowing what's going on and then being able to meet people and be like, oh, there's there's language to describe these this stuff that I'm feeling. And, 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 and people that feel the same way. Exactly. And then coming out and being like, this is who I am and having all of that shut down sucked going back into the closet and and i don't know it felt a bit ghastly like oh was all of this just something that like i made up in my head oh. and then end of 2018 i would just work so my my brother was a winemaker i worked a harvest with him and i was like you know what i i'm i'm tired of i'm tired of not being myself i don't know what i'm doing with my life i'm gonna fly back to new zealand i'm gonna meet up with some friends from high school and i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna be myself i'm gonna be my authentic self well, that's, a, um, that's amazing. Fast forward four years, and here I am. A very inspiring story. What about your friends? How did how did they respond? Um, they were all great. Yeah. Sarah, have you got any advice that you'd give to anyone that maybe is oh, finds themselves in a similar position to you? All right. Don't be afraid to be yourself. Really, it can be hard to to come out. It can be difficult to face that adversity of of the judgment of other people, but it's worth it. You know, it, it's 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 the best fight that someone could ever fight um, is to just is to be yourself and to not hide such good words the other advice is be who you are 
yep. and um, be kind to other people. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming to chat. Thank You're very you. interesting, and I loved holding your sword, <laughs> which might sound funny on camera. <laughs> you can only hear oh, the yeah. audio. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, if you're not doing yeah. anything later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just put this sword back in your sheath. No. Kia ora, Ben. Kia ora. Thank How's you for, it going? It's going so well, and all the better for seeing you here. Thank you. Now, I heard a rumour that you might be on some sort of a board. Tell me about it. <laughs> so I'm on the board for the Pride Festival. So um, with my wonderful colleagues, Khan and Christian, who are the co-chairs. And then yep. we've got some amazing people, uh, Quack Bidihi, um, Catherine and Francis, who yes. are all my colleagues as well. And so we're the volunteers who sort of sit behind the wonderful staff who put on all the events for Auckland Pride. Wow. And so like today, for instance. So Burnett Foundation puts on today, but their oh, event yes. is one of the things in the festival. For the Auckland Pride Festival, we have the Pride March, which is really community-based. Yes. And so this year we were working with Intersex Aotearoa, mm -hmm. um, and it was a Pride March to get behind them and their co-papa. So everyone met outside the library in Auckland Central, and we had some amazing activists speak about their activism for Intersex Aotearoa. Um, and some of the causes that they want us to get behind, including stopping non-consensual surgery for children, intersex children. And so then we all marched down Queen Street with them, getting behind them and getting behind their co-papa. When you just talked about the non-consensual surgery for yeah. intersex children, can you just tell me more about that? Yeah, so people who are born with intersex variations, yep. for a long time the medical community has seen those as things they need to fix yes. to make people more into a binary of man or woman. But we know that a lot of those surgeries don't need to happen. Mm. Some people might want them, but those are decisions that they can make as An adults adult. yep. um, when they have the full context and full decisions. So Intersex Aotearoa is really campaigning to get those surgeries stopped yep. because a lot there's a lot of misinformation out there for parents who are told you need to do this. So it is, it's just up to the parents. So if you've got parents that potentially have got a certain way of thinking. Or just yep. uh, told things yep. by doctors who are used to a certain way of thinking in the medical profession. Yep. Um, and so I know in Australia, in certain states, they're looking to start banning or legislating that but it's not something that we have currently in New Zealand. You know, when we talk about consent and bodily autonomy, it's something that we don't respect for um, intersex people and intersex children. It's a really important cause. So, it is. It's very yeah. important. Well, good on you for doing all your great work, but I'd want to know more about you as a person, <laughs> if that's okay. That's all right. How do you identify? Um, I think I would identify as queer, as a kind of fairly general term, yes. both in terms of queer as... Um, like a gender and sexual identity, but also the political side of it, pushing for a change in the way we think about these things. It's not just love is love. You know, we are, the relationships and the the interactions we have are different and special and yeah. unique. And I think in the sort of work I do and the way I interact with the community, I really want to uphold those sort of views. So, yeah. Your parents slash grandparents, how do they feel about the amazing work you do to organise the Pride events? I think they they are proud but don't quite understand it. They're like, oh, right. Ben does some things. He's, yeah, he's off doing, he's does doing good work. Does that bother you or no? No, I think it's easier than trying to, like, explain it, it all to them and get them to understand. But they're, yeah. they're at a good level of, like, yeah. Supportive. Supportive, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah which like, is a great yeah. thing. Isaac, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good, thank you. What do you think is good about the fact that we have a, a thing like the Big Gay Out? 
I think it brings a lot of people together. Like, it's it's a safe space. Absolutely. How old are you? <laughs> Fifteen years old. And in terms of for yourself, how would you identify? Well, I'm a trans male and I'm gay into men. So great. When did you come to realise that for yourself? Um, I think I realised I was trans at about. 13 years old, maybe a little bit earlier than that. Have you found that it's been hard for that to happen for you? Have you you had challenges? Have the people around you been kind and supportive or has it been really bloody tricky Um, or a combination? At first it was quite hard for me because when I came out to my parents, Mm -hmm. their initial reaction wasn't the best. But I think over time they've come to accept me for who I am. And like right now I'm doing amazing Right. Yeah, my family's really accepting now. In whatever way you come out, so for me, coming out as a lesbian, I've had that in my head for my whole entire life. But when you tell your parents, they have that one moment to have to accept this thing that perhaps they don't fully understand. Yeah. Do you think that's true? Yeah, it is. But your mum and dad are good now? Yeah, they're really good. What about your friends? They're amazing. What about the people at your school? How's your school been? They've been pretty good. All of the teachers, it was really easy to ask them to call me by my new name. Yeah. And I go to an all-girls school, unfortunately. Um, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. How, how, it's, how is that? It's quite confronting. Yes. Because of my name, everyone sort of knows that I'm trans and yep. I can't really hide it. And I think at first that was quite daunting, but now it's, it's much easier. You never contemplated going to a different school? Uh, I did, yep. but... I've just found it easier to stay where I am. Well, I think you must be an inspiration to lots of people. You're an inspiration to me, that's for sure. Thank you so much, Isaac. Have a lovely rest of your day. Thank you. Marvellous. Inspiring. Brave. Okay, so I'm still here on the amazing couch in the Spark Health 10 at the Big Gay Out. And I've been joined now by Ricky. Kia ora, Ricky. Kia ora. How are you today? I'm great. Great. That's the story. Most people are great. I think they that's the, the general vibe of the big gay out. It's pretty good overall, wouldn't you say? Always a beautiful day. Do you mind me asking how, how you identify in relation to that? Uh, so I identify as queer, yep. gay, takatapui. And how long's that been for? Gosh, it's been a long time, Karen. Has it? <laughs> but you only look like you're about 23. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, Um. so... I realised I was different, probably quite quite young in my life, but I always thought that I was normal. So I guess I didn't really come out till later on in life, but I sort of feel like I was never in any way. Right, you know what yep. I mean? So I, I work for Spark. We were looking at our uh, diversity and inclusion strategy in like 2016, and I asked um, someone at work how they felt and whether they felt comfortable at work, because I thought we were, you know, uh, had a really liberal sort of culture. Uh, yeah. But when they were responding to me, they said, oh, you yeah, know, I sort of feel more comfortable with my previous employer talking about things. And then they looked around and whispered, gay. And and oh. I was actually really, really shocked. Yeah. And that was the point where I decided that actually that's a that's a fight we're fighting for. Um, Good on you. If that's how people feel. Yeah. And we started this awesome journey back then. And it has been an awesome journey. Well, that's fantastic. For the rest of the big gay out, what are you looking to achieve? What are you hoping for? Yeah, so the last few years, I've, I've volunteered with Spark Health and with Outline. Um, but this yep. year, I'm just going to absorb and relax. So it's really nice just wandering around. Um, seeing all the different people, people celebrating their authentic selves. Absolutely. And um, just the, the happiness. Isn't it, I think that's you've hit the nail on the head. Like You're just looking around. Everyone is here, like you said, being who they want to be. And everyone's happy with that and happy for everyone else around them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really amazing to see people just expressing themselves. 
and everybody being proud. Absolutely. Well, Ricky, you're a beautiful human, and thank you so much for chatting to me. Oh, kia ora. I hope you have a lovely rest of the day. Relax, soak it all in. Do you too. Thank you so much. Jackie, kia ora. Hi. How are you? I'm I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing so well. I'm, get, I'm getting to talk to so many lovely, amazing people, and it's just been what a, what a special day. Yeah, this is my first time at the Gay Out. Can I ask you how old you might be? I'm 17. 17, okay. So what made you think, you know what, big Gay Out, that's the day for me, I'm going to go. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, well, I was going to come last year, but then obviously it was cancelled. After coming out, like, pretty much just being open with everyone, yes. I've, it's something that I wanted to do. Well, that's fantastic. celebrate with my friends. Would you mind me asking you a little bit about your coming out and how that was? Yeah. So... I originally first came out to my friends. They were the like the safest I felt around yep. with that. Can, can I ask what you came out like? You came um, out as how do you I, identify? I now identify as pansexual, but I, at the yes. time I thought I was bi. So I was discovering still who I am. So I came out to bisexual as my to my friends. I was about fifteen, yeah. And then after that. Eventually, I came out to my mum and my sister. My mum was a bit iffy about it. She didn't actually know a lot about it. So my sister was very um, supportive. She helped explain to my mum because my mum didn't really know much about the LGBTQ community. Yes. Um, It's often that thing, if if you haven't had someone in your family or around you, then you probably don't have that understanding. Mm. Yeah, because from my knowledge, I'm the only person in my family that's actually come out as anything in the yeah in the family what about your yeah. friends at, at school they've always been really supportive they're um they're my allies they're always supporting me that's yeah. fantastic and has the school been supportive too have you got a good uh, school in that regard yeah we've got a good school we have um a really good rainbow group are you in it uh i haven't gone to it yet i've been thinking about it but i've i've always been a bit nervous because i've always been a bit shy around people well you don't seem shy at all you seem fantastic and also you've now crossed off your first big gay out so i yeah. say when do you go back to school? Tomorrow? Uh, yeah. Okay, go and sign up for something. Yeah. So I'll see you at the um, rainbow meeting. Yeah. Karen says, I've got to come. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you don't have to go. You do whatever you want to do. I'll yeah. probably do it. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah. Yes, that's the story. Thank you so much. Have a lovely rest of your day. You too. Kia ora, Rob. How are you? Kia ora, Karen. I'm good, thank you. Well, thank How you for you? joining me. I'm great. You're hot. Yeah, I'm rather warm, <laughs> um, but it's nice of you to say that I'm hot. Um, and obviously, we're here today talking about all things gay, basically. I've just loved... Um, listening to you guys and um, the people you've had on the show, and I just think they've it's all been very interesting, awesome haven't they? To yeah, in, in really different but similar veins of comments and, and yep. stories and it's similar themes. Yeah, yeah, similar themes. Yeah, yeah, yep. it's been awesome. Yeah. So maybe I was just wondering, do you have any kind of any such story that you'd like to share with me? Um, well, I mean, yes, I guess so. Uh, I am civilly unioned to Kate Langdon's brother, Ben. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, what? and that was back in the day in 2012. Been together since 2005. And before I met Ben, I was happily with women. Right, okay, right. Yeah. So then what happened? So, what happened and what changed? You know, while I was with my girlfriends, I had great relationships and, you know, great sex as well and all that stuff. Good to know. Um, but then Good when I wasn't know, with, eh? Yeah, they love it. <laughs> when I wasn't with the girlfriends I was with, I found that I was, was attracted to men. Right. And um, had sort of been dabbling here and there, but it had never been a big, like, demon of mine that I wanted to tell the world. It was just something that was kind of playing out really and yeah so, so like between yeah. relationships with women 
you'd have you'd go out and have a bit of fun, yeah. a fun time yeah, yeah, with yeah. some men, yep, meet some guys, and, and then you time, might yep. find yourself another girlfriend. Absolutely. So, did you consider so, at that point that you might want to have more than just fun with these men? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it just got to a point where I am a pretty blatantly honest guy. Um, yep. And so I, that way. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I was with my girlfriend of two years, and I said, "Hey, babe." So. I'm kind of attracted to men at the moment. Did she have any inkling? Uh, no, no inkling at all. I mean, yeah. when you look back, I rode ponies when I was little. You know, I had lots of girlfriends who weren't girlfriends, you know. What were they? Uh, they were just girlfriends. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not the sexual kind of girlfriend. I'm interested by the pony thing, but we can go into oh, that a little later. Hey, yeah, there's yeah. a whole lot of horse riding going on. <laughs> and then you went from women to men. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so, yeah. yeah, no, I, I yes. Yeah, so, I, with my girlfriend, I was just like, you know what? I need to go see what this is because I'm yeah. not going to break up with you and you're cowardly about it and say oh look I'm just not into you when I knew that it was not her because she was awesome it was literally just me wanting to explore my gay bisexual side whatever it was at that point yep um, and like a lot of people on full disclosure that I've listened to I think people think and come out themselves as, as being bi first and I don't really know whether I did I was just like I don't know yet which is quite a common theme that I've yeah, heard yeah, you just yeah. you just go well it's just I'm I'm not sure yet. Yeah, learning so. more about myself. Yeah. So do you think, just going back to when you broke up with your, your girlfriend, do you think maybe it was easier for her knowing that if, if it was because you're interested in men, there's nothing she can do about that? Do you know what I mean? I think, like, I think so. That would be pretty spot on because it's it can't really be a jealousy thing. It can just be a sadness type thing, yeah. I think, in a way, yeah. you know. So tell me about meeting Ben. How did it, uh, I, well, love this, I love these stories about you yeah. know when people get together. I know totally. Yeah. So um, I did meet Ben online, and um, I was living down in Wanaka doing seasons because I used to be a ski coach. Blah blah blah. And Ben was living in London for quite a while, about five or six years, and he was coming back to New Zealand, and we saw each other online. And while he was still in England, uh, so he had still a lot of his stuff over in oh, right, the UK. Yeah, yeah. So he was back for a wedding, I think it was, and so messaged him and he was like my profile still said oh, I was down in Wanaka he was like oh that's a bit of a shame I was like well actually I'm in Auckland so let's go have a beer uh, he was not out went and had a beer at the bog funnily enough in Parnell actually a bar not yeah. a bog um, and yeah. then uh, um, I was going to say yeah, typical yeah. No. Yeah, totally stereotype <laughs> yeah. um, and then he goes what's your last name and I said oh grief and he goes are you Hamish's brother and I said oh yeah. um, and so I said yes and then he goes oh do you know Steph Grief, and I was like, "Yeah, she's our sister." And Ben goes, oh, "I didn't know they were related." So he knew my family before I knew really? him. Yeah, over wow. in London, and yeah. yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. And then another little addition. So he was just back from London for that little yeah. snippet, and was staying with Kate yes. at the time. And Kate had been over in Sydney. I think I've got this right. No one knew about Ben and I really seen each other, but Kate had been over in Sydney, and my brother was living over in Sydney at the time, and Ben was staying with Kate, and so when. Ben went back to Kate's to do something and Kate had just got back from the airport, got out of the car and apparently the first thing she said to Ben was, oh, I've been playing uh, tennis with a friend of yours, Hamish Grieve. So, what? didn't know about Ben and I meeting, my brother was playing tennis with Kate over what? in Sydney. It was what are the chances so of this? Hectic. Yeah. So then when did you, yeah. when did you and Ben um, <laughs> announce that you were well, yeah. madly in love with each other? So then... <laughs> the other story is that we had some going away drinks for my brother and his wife, Hamish, going, Hamish yep. going to Sydney. And so we all went to that. Ben was invited anyway. Separate, separate. Totally separately. So I sort of so saw Ben could... over the crowd and, and was like, 
Yeah, just gave it the old West Coast. Did you like, actually do that? Yeah, just literally. No, went, that's cool. Hey, that, did you, were you impressed by that, Ben? Yeah, yeah, he's impressed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and anyway, I, I, I had some other mates that we were going to meet up with. So I said, see you home. Have a great time. Love you. See you soon. Yeah. Uh, and then went off. And then Ben texted me going, oh, where have you gone? I was like, come up, join. So Ben said goodbye to them. We went up, hung out. And then I was up at the other drinks. And I said, Ben, actually, I think I want to go back and catch up with Haim again because I've gone to another bar. So Ben and I turned up together to the bar. Uh, and Ben took my brother aside went, I think I need to give you, um, uh, we need to have a bit of a chat and gave him the I'm seeing your little brother speech. Great. <laughs> that is, and how did, how, did, how did it go? I think my bro just went, sweet, let's have a beer. Great. This has been a fantastically amazing story. <laughs> what about your family? My family are amazing. And they, yep. um, yeah, they've just been absolutely incredible. And uh, I was in Wanaka when I told dad, my brother was actually kind of the hardest, yep. I think. He was the, yeah. the one. Um, and then when I told him, actually, he goes, oh, my God, that's he works in advertising. Yeah. He go, he's like, oh, my God, that's so cool. It's really cool to have a gay brother in my industry. <laughs> I was like, there you go. wow, yeah. all about you. That's yeah, fine by me. Yeah. I've got a sister like that. But I told Dad. Um, Dad's been a very busy man and big lawyer or whatever and yep. beautiful man. But um, he was down in Wanaka and I said, Stewie. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm gay, and I'm, I'm seeing a guy Chris down there, here and there. Don't know quite what it means, but I just wanted to tell you. Yeah. Um, I think what you need to do is you need to go to bed. Uh, you need to have a good cry, and I'll see you in the morning. And um, yeah, he did came. Should we do that? Should we did absolutely that. Yeah. And he came down the next morning, um, and we had breakfast, and he gave me a book on meditation, and he goes, you know what, mate, I just don't give a flying whatever you are you and I love you for who you are and who you love and so here's a book and go for gold it's pretty Full special Stewie it's pretty special yeah. my dad's Stewie yeah. yeah and mum's amazing as well what an interesting chap you are and how, yeah, how lovely and convivial yeah. and you've just got some really good charisma I'm loving it thank you very much yeah. you too Ben's I'm a lucky man privileged to be on the couch here I didn't you're think right. that would happen that's no, alright well your time's uh, up now so are. you need to get off no <laughs> 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 yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah you get off too you're too hot I'm really hot I'm gonna get you thanks Karen thank you Today on Newsable, in a Stuff exclusive, the mother of baby Rue, the toddler who died late last year in Wellington, has spoken on the record and says she did not kill her son. Plus, step aside, working from home. Working from holiday seems to be the new trend, and I have an update on the USA's Cicada Geddon. For everything that's worth talking about, find and follow Newsable wherever you get your podcasts. Kia ora, Ash. Hi, good to see you. It's good to see you too, and thank you so much for joining me on the yeah, couch. no worries. Great. Um, now, the point of this is obviously that we just get to know each other, become firm friends, and then keep in touch, basically. You happy oh, with yeah, that? of course. The, yeah, Best buddies forever. That you signed, that was attesting to that. Is oh, that right? I, I yeah. would hope so. Great. Um, yeah, but it's also, obviously, what we're really here for as well, is, as well as just being at the big gay out and having a great gay old time. Of course. How do you identify? So, I identify as gender queer, gender fluid, and pansexual. For me, the whole genderqueer thing, I've always been, a lot of the time with genderqueer people, it's, you know, some days you feel more mass, some days you feel more yes. femme. Yeah. But most of the time, I'm just kind of a bit of everything all at once. Right, yeah. Um, so I tend to use a bit of a gender fucked terminology. Gender fucked? Yeah. yeah because you, I worry, yeah. you know, if you say genderqueer, someone's like, oh, so it means this. Yeah. I'm often like, well, yes, but not quite. Yeah, and I guess as well, I mean, it's even like people that aren't gay for instance 
Mm. If you haven't lived it, you can't necessarily fully understand exactly. it. Exactly. But you can empathise. Yeah, no, and absolutely. be supportive. When did you come out as identifying the way that you do? Well, I mean, I always, in terms of being pan, I was always kind of like, you know, I'm attracted to everyone. I never yeah. really had a moment of, oh, I like guys as well as girls. I was always just like, yes, everyone's hot. I, yep, yep. Um, I had a whole situation. So I had a partner when I was 15, 16, trans man. And I, the coming out situation was that my mum went through my phone one day and found out I had mom. a partner and, you know, confronted me about it and asked why I hadn't told her about it and yep. told me not to make it too official or public or anything, just in case Jobs looked back at it in the future and saw it and I'd lost out on opportunities because of it. Because um, of being who you were. Yeah. Right, yeah. Which, I guess she's very much, you know, rural farming background, everything. Did you grow up in the country? No, I grew up in Auckland, but okay, she, yeah. she right, yep, grew up dairy yeah, right, farm in yep. Hamilton. So I definitely get where it came from and I don't blame her for it. But it was also, to me, kind of a almost laughable reaction. So the next day I made it as official as I could. I told a couple of people at my school that I knew would tell everyone because they're just gossips. So you um, did that on purpose? Yeah. I went to a, a Catholic school, all boys, okay, yep. here in, in Auckland. And I knew that I, I had a friend of mine, everyone just called Cookie, who was a redhead and very gay. So I knew that he always got so much more shit at school for being redhead than he ever did for being gay. So I was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to come out to them, see what happens. I know, like, you know, my legal rights in terms of the school being a Catholic school and things. So I was kind of, there was a bit of me that was like, go on, I dare you. Because the school ball was coming up. And we were told that if you wanted to go with a male partner, you had to go and see a counsellor and you had to get all this permission slip signed off and everything. So I joined the ball committee. And my plan was either I'm going to get this changed or I'm going to ruin this fucking ball from the inside. Again, two great strategies. I'm right. Like, yeah, either yeah, way, yeah, it's yeah, a win-win. Yeah, yeah. And so very quickly, I managed to get the official wording, which just said partner. There was no point in any of it that said male or female. Yeah. So it was all sorted out very quickly. Yeah. And so, yeah, had a great ball. Do you think of yourself as a brave person? Yes and no. Um, I don't know if I would have been brave enough to be the first to come out, like at my school, for example. I'm much better at being brave for others than I am for myself. Like, I tried to start a queer group at my school, for example, um, because I was much more interested in trying to help other people. I knew that I was relatively comfortable, came from a relatively privileged background. Yeah, that's the thing, but not everyone's in that lucky position. Absolutely. I could have had it so much worse when it came to coming out and things like that. So you seem like rather a good advocate. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely have been trying to. I ran one of the Rainbow Youth Groups for a year and a half before I moved to Wellington. So, Ash, do you mind me asking how old you are? I'm 22. Okay. And would you have any advice for anyone that maybe is questioning their sexuality or their identity and, and if they're finding that difficult, would you have any advice for them? My main thing is to find resources. Like, I mean, friends just is obvious. It's always going to be your best point of support yeah. rainbow youth like yes. i mentioned um they do brilliant things they offer uh, incredible services they were very fundamental in me figuring out the gender part of yeah. myself a lot of online resources like that the other thing is to not question yourself with it too much that's something i've struggled with a lot you know am i bi enough am i gender fluid enough kind yeah. of thing but i also recently have been thinking like the most bi thing is to question if you're bi or not like, I've never met a bi person who hasn't sat there and been is like, am true? I just faking it? Right. Yeah. No, Why everyone, do you think that is? Ah, society, the constant 
am I good enough? Do I yep. do I fit the the box? I mean, society's got a lot to answer for, really. Oh yeah. You know. I do think my generation oh. is definitely going to help a lot with that kind of thing. So do I, and I thank you already for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ash, it's been so lovely to talk to you. Thank you, you so much. I hope you have the marvellous rest of the big game. out. Thank you. I plan on it. And just keep dressing the way you're dressing and keep being, you just keep being you. Just for you. You I'll are definitely enough. Thank you're you. You're more than enough. Tony, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so well. And thank yeah. you so much for joining me on this couch no to chat to me. So I guess a question I'd like to ask you, and you have told me just prior to us picking out our microphones that you're an open book. Yes, I so am. So I can't wait yeah. for all of these answers. <laughs> how would you identify um, personally, I prefer the term queer. Yep. Um, I think that it's all encompassing and because it's less um, boxed, there's less assumptions that people make about me. But for yes. the listeners today, I think probably the closest terms would be non-binary and pansexual. I yes. use they, them pronouns. And yes. um, personally, I don't identify with the gender concept much in general. So I don't really feel like that has much say in my representation of myself or the people that I'm attracted to. Going back to the word Queer, yes. Because this is a thing for me is like a slightly older. How old yes. are you? Tony? I'm 25. So obviously for me, I just you know queer was always and you know associated with being peculiar. Yes. And so I worried about that in terms of that being how I identified for yes. myself. What do you think about that? So I think it's an interesting one because I think for my generation, I'm um, growing up in the early 2000s. Gay was the big one. So everything was gay. That's gay. This is gay. Yes. And it was such a negative connotation. There was like, oh, I don't want to be associated with that word. Yeah. Um, and I know personally, I wasn't super um, affected by all that dialogue, but I know plenty of people that that dialogue just moving around in schools when we were younger was yeah. really rough for a lot of people. So I think that it's an interesting thing because I feel as though queer has a similar connotation for sort of the generations above us where it was used sort of in a derogatory sense. But I do feel that at least the younger um, community are reclaiming it. Yeah. And I think that as um, more people within our community start to identify with various genders above and beyond the binary it becomes just a easier word to use to just encompass everything and yeah and like you say it's, it's been a, there's not many people that now use the word queer in a sentence like oh yes. my my grandmother's a little bit queer yeah well Unless then i would think she was queer that's what most people now would yeah. think okay well that's good isn't it um so when did you realize all of the things that you've realized about yourself oh well it's a journey isn't it um it i think like the first time i can remember really thinking about it was i always knew that i thought about people differently to other people but i could never quite put my finger on what it yep. was and when I was in middle school um, one of my friend's older sister identified as bisexual and when she explained to me what that was I was like oh that must be it yep. must be one of those um, and it yep. was the first time I'd heard a word that wasn't just you're either straight or you're gay you know yep. Yep. and I was like well I know I'm not gay but I don't think I'm straight either when yep. I think back retrospectively I think that I was feeling more non-binary because I was 11 and I don't think that 11-year-olds are feeling terribly sexual. Yeah, um, yes, so, yeah, yeah. Um, Generally speaking, yeah. No, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, so that was the word I used for a long time and I just sort of was just open with people. Like, as soon as I realised that that was something that I identified with and this was a space that I felt like, oh, I must be somewhere there. And then, you know, as things have gone on and I've met more people, um, I moved to Wellington when I was 18 and I met more people and I learned about um, pansexuality and I was like, oh, that sounds more accurate. You know, I don't really think that gender is much of a factor in my attraction to people. Yes. And then um, I had a partner. Um, it's kind of a little bit of a funny story. We were- a We love funny stories. We were a cis couple, which is really funny to think about. So at the time we were a cis couple. So I identified as a woman still and they yes. identified as a man. Yes. After we split up and we had a lot of fighting about ourselves, we were still very good friends. They started identifying as non-binary first. And when I spoke to them about it and she was like, yeah, I'm just trying it out. Like, I don't think that I am a man, but I don't know what I am. And I sort of decided that, you know what? 
I don't know what I am, but what's wrong with trying something on, right? Absolutely. Like, like you might like a top on a store, but you're not sure if it's really your style, but you decide to try it on. You look in the mirror and you're like, well, otherwise, how are you going to know? Yeah, exactly. So I thought, you know what? I'll try this on for a bit. And I told some of my closest friends that I was going to give it a go and that I wanted yeah. them to start using they, them pronouns. And yes. I'm very lucky to have wonderful people around me that were all like, awesome. You know, I even had some of them just almost not react, which is actually a huge compliment. And several of them yeah. were like, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you just figured it out? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, actually, I have. <laughs> um, it was just a bit funny, you know. Um, and then so when I saw them decide to try this out, and I was like, I'll try it out. Yeah. Non-binary fit me. When they tried it out, they realized, no, they were actually a woman. And so they decided to transition there. Now they use she, her, and the beautiful woman. And yeah. I'm so proud of them and so blessed and grateful for the help that they were able to give me in my own journey. Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing, to be able to just try something on. You don't have to know right then and go, I am non-binary. You don't have to know. But if you're sitting there and you're going, I don't think that the gender label that I've been given is correct for me. Yes. Then it probably isn't. And you are allowed to try something out. You don't have to know yet. You don't have to, yeah, you don't have to know. Life's a, a very long time. Yeah, hopefully, exactly. fingers crossed. Yeah. You know, yeah. theoretically. Yeah, the- yeah. yeah, theoretically, all things going to plan. Yeah. yeah. If I think about even myself as mm. a fifteen-year-old compared to myself as a forty-four-year-old, yeah. I'm pretty much a completely different person. You yes. know, yeah, hundred percent. Have you That's got a right. partner? I do. Ash is my partner at the moment. We actually both identify oh. as Polly as well, which is not quite what you guys are talking about here. But oh, we're, talk- we're happy to talk about everything. Relatively yeah, look, relevant. Is, you're um, an open book. This is an open couch. Yeah. Well, Polly is just like we. Polly's different for everyone, so don't take my answer as like the, the what it this is, is for your everyone. Answer. But yeah. for Ash and I, it just means we can have as many partners as we want, really. Happy um, days. Yeah, and if and I'm both of you. Um, yeah, I'm very happy when I hear that Ash is happy with their other partners, you know, in the same right that I'm happy when I make them happy, you know. It's like your friends can have lots of friends. Wow, you're just amazing. <laughs> so fantastic, Tony. And also Ash, obviously, you guys are great. So thank you so much mm. for talking to me. Yes. And nice. um, have a lovely rest of your big gay out and just thank you very keep much. being do you just keep being you? Kia ora, Claire, how are you? Kia ora, I'm good, thank you. That's great. Are you having a good big day out? Yeah, it's it's amazing weather. Great to finally be here after the delays. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Now, obviously, I've heard a rumour that you happen to be the CEO of Outline. Would that rumour be, in fact, the, the truth? That is that is correct. Well, then I would love it if you don't mind telling me a bit more about Outline and telling the people that are listening to this amazing conversation a bit more about Outline, what they do, why they're so bloody fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So Outline Aotearoa is a all-ages rainbow mental health organisation. Um, we've been around for ages, since about the 70s. Um, Same as me. <laughs> and provide a few different services that are really focused on that, supporting the well-being and mental health of, of rainbow communities. So we have a phone line, that's why we're Outline, and that's available from 6 till 9 each evening. We've got a bunch of excellent trained volunteers from rainbow communities Fantastic. who are there, who are ready to support rainbow people but also perhaps whanau or allies mm. or friends or colleagues who yep. want to, to know how to best support the rainbow people in their lives it's great last year we added a chat service because we know that not everyone can or wants to call you know gen z perhaps not as interested in, in phoning up amongst others so that's also same hours but typing on the website those are the two free yep. volunteer run services we've got a specialist counseling service um so if someone needs a bit more in-depth support yep. um sort of Usually about six sessions, sometimes sometimes more or, or fewer, where people can really dive in with a trained counsellor. And those are available in person in, in Tamaki, but available throughout the country remotely. 
a few years back we did about 200 sessions and last year we did over 900 so we're seeing this massive massive increase in demand why do you think that is why do you think the increase i think it's a combination of things i mean covid was really when we saw people increasingly aware reaching out perhaps discovering things about their sexuality or, or, or gender during lockdown and also as people just become more aware that the services are out there and available more able to reach out and the final service we have is a trans peer support service that we do with rainbow youth so they do 27 and under and we do 28 and, and over so you get the oldies yes yeah, okay good no, nothing wrong with that 29 being very ancient yeah in terms of the like the demographic of people that use your service mm-hmm. would there be any way that you could describe that or is it everyone anyone all sorts it's it's really really variable we have seen definitely in the last probably five years more and more trans people coming through coming out coming for support and that also speaks to i think the fact that the organization has become better and better at supporting those people as well but otherwise really yeah we see it through from sort of your 11 12 year olds through to people in their 80s really all ages and like you, you just said, I liked it that you said Farno can ring, so parents or people in, in, in people's families, because that was a thing that came through in, the, in my podcast was that, you know, parents also have to, you know, they only get that one moment of being told, if they, especially mm-hmm. if they didn't know, it's a lot to comprehend in one split second of time, especially if you as a person have lived your whole life knowing this about yourself, you yeah, know? absolutely. Um, so do you get quite a few parents ringing up? We do, and I think more, more so because we're really pushing that message if we are here Great. For, for parents and other family members who might need that support you know you don't necessarily want to have to go to your child to have those conversations about what does your identity mean yeah etc yes. so having someone else who is from our communities who's been trained up who's there ready to answer your questions it's got the information so good how do you get all your money oh we love donations <laughs> um, yep, okay outline donate today donate now absolutely if um, you can afford it outline.org.nz we get some money from grants you know foundation north who are here today and, yeah. and other grants like that the trans peer support service is funded by Te Water, but we don't have a lot of government funding it really has been something where it's been by and for communities throughout the whole nearly 50 years that we've been doing this this was full disclosure thank you so much for listening this podcast is created by Kate Langdon and produced by Kate Langdon and Mark E. Hire, with audio mixed by Jess Bella and original music by Eilish Wilson you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts. Prepare for an unfiltered journey through the harsh realities of infertility. My name's Nadine Higgins. I'm a broadcaster, a journalist, and I've been trying to make a baby with my husband. That's me. I'm Dan. And we reckon infertility is lonely enough without making it a dirty little secret. In The Human Race with Dan and Nadine Higgins, we share raw and unvarnished stories of couples who have faced the brutal truth of infertility. Unless you've been in it, it's it's really tough and really lonely. Yeah, and also, this is really weird, but baby showers, you don't need to open the presents in front of everyone. 
confronting the harsh reality that not every story has a happy ending. This very blunt, abrasive doctor who I had, you know, had not seen before, who delivered the news, just like, you'll probably never have a natural period again and you'll probably never have a baby. The human race, where we share the untold stories of couples in the race of their lives to create a life. I feel like I nearly missed out and I got to do it. And so I feel really lucky. So it's been incredibly positive. Listen today at stuff.co.nz slash the human race or wherever you get your podcasts. The Human Race is proudly brought to you by Elevate.